0: It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuwana's Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Valley! What's up, Montana? Welcome in. It's new on now, ESPN Radio. Most days, SWX Montana Television, but it looks like not today. We're getting a scoop on that, but it is the NAIA World Series, so uh, I got some college baseball up there on the tube right now. But if you want to watch us, you enjoy the visual element of this show, great, thanks so much for any way that you tune in. You can go watch on... The ESPN Montana app if you'd like just go download that app it's a great way to watch the show both live and archived uh, and appreciate uh, everybody that's already downloaded the app we're going to incentivize it a little bit here throughout the summer so we can get it rolling because it's a great place to follow this show live and or archived also a great place to follow along with Grizz Hockey, Grizz Lacrosse and we got a bunch of other stuff that we're going to add as well so stay tuned For that, time to get to today. I hope you had a phenomenal Memorial Day weekend. It was drizzly, rainy, but uh, still opportunity to hang out with friends and family. So uh, we had a little barbecue action on Saturday. That was very fun. Uh, I got to see... uh, This was actually interesting. I won't won't name names, but did have the opportunity to go down to the Bitterroot Valley on Friday. And uh, I was thinking about this. I've actually never seen like a live proposal. I've seen like strangers doing the thing at a sporting event or whatever, which, by the way, yeah, who am I to opine? I'm, I am uh, 35 years old and not married, but um, I do think, I guess maybe if your girl is into it or whoever's proposing to whoever, if they're into it, okay, it's great. Baseball game could be cool or whatever. Sometimes it feels a little disingenuous to me. But either way, I had never seen close friends of mine uh, have a proposal in front of me, and I did on Friday night, so that was fun. And it was even more fun because it was the the gal proposing to the guy. So uh, congratulations to them. <laughs> His reaction was hilarious. Uh, he saw it coming, but kind of not. And, uh, but he said, yes. <laughs> so usually it's, she says yes, but he said yes. So uh, unorthodox, but uh, fun nonetheless. Hopefully you had an outstanding Memorial day weekend. Didn't get too rained on. It was a culmination of high school and college sports across the state of Montana. We have, we have, Two, uh, I guess, should I say five total athletes remaining from collegiate track and field, all five of them from Montana State, that are heading to the national meet in Eugene, or in Eugene Oregon, next week. Other than that, that's a wrap for local sports, statewide sports in the state of Montana. I know there's a lot of uh, American Legion baseball, ASA softball. Of course, the Pioneer League's rolling, including the Missoula Paddleheads, which, by the way, we will have... All of the games throughout the entire summer, including one tonight for the Missoula Paddleheads, but sort of a a time when we get to catch our breath a little bit. And uh, next couple months here at Nuana's now we'll be having a whole lot of fun. It's been a great pleasure and a great help to us here at ESPN Radio to uh, sort of refortify the arsenal. Here we uh, we had about three and a half bodies working ESPN pre pandemic. And uh, then when Ryan Tootel hit the road and we had some movement in production and things like that, um, it was kind of just me steering the ship for about the first seven months of 2022 and uh, was so happy to reunite with with my good friend and and great colleague, Andrew Houghton, who uh, has now lived many roles in my life, both uh, helping us tremendously at Skyline Sports and also... Uh, now becoming my roommate, becoming our producer here, helping us with a whole bunch of stuff, including this show uh, at ESPN Radio. And uh, it's funny though because he jumped on board with us in late July last year, and uh, I believe actually his first day of work here was actually not even here; it was at the Big Sky kickoff in Spokane, and then we just hit the ground running. So basically, I had to tell my we had to tell our boss, hey. Andrew's actually not going to be there the first Monday that you hired him. He's going to have to start on Tuesday because we have this big media conference. That's all to say, we were right into football. So he's never got to be sitting on the other side of the glass from me when it is a little bit more open-ended and esoteric like we like to do in the months of June and July. We also have some fun news coming up when it comes to golf, so stay tuned for that. But we will wrap up throughout this show all of the great Performances in a variety of different sports with a prep-heavy angle today. State championship culminations for all four classifications of Montana high schools for boys and girls track and field, for all three classifications of high school softball in the state of Montana, high school tennis wrapped up this weekend, small school golf wrapped up this weekend. So uh, we'll get through all of those results. I got my top 10 from the weekend uh, in the world of prep sports to get the show kicked off. We're also going to have some random sports questions about 4.30, and that'll trickle into 4.45 as well. 4.45, we're also going to give you the opportunity to win a gift card from Taglieri Deli. Taglieri, one of the best sandwiches you're going to have. We got like a sample platter today. It was Aubrey's birthday, so happy birthday to Aubrey. Aubrey is our wonderful program director at the U1045, and and she also steers the ship over there at Jack FM, which is 105.9. On your radio dial. She's uh, she's a tremendous worker and uh, love being around her every day. Uh, she brings it always. She's so organized and also just such a positive person. So happy birthday, Aubrey. And also thank you for having a birthday because we got to have some sandwiches and uh, a meat and cheese platter from Tagliere. So we'll give you an opportunity to win some free Tagliere about 445. Top of the hour, we have our NBA finals matchup set. So about 5 o'clock, we'll be going into an NBA Finals blindside. It is the Golden State Warriors versus the Boston Celtics. Is it a surprise these two teams are in the Finals? In some ways it is, in some ways it isn't. We'll discuss that plus some uh, unprepared questions all about uh, the NBA Finals. And we also have our Treasure State Stars about 5.30 highlighting the best individual performances from across the state of Montana. So there you go. That is your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Brent and his team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any real estate questions you have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. Two announcements. Nuana's now. will be going on the road this week on Thursday, playing up at the Grizzly Scholarship Association tournament up in Helena. My my team has completely fallen apart. <laughs> we were supposed to have uh a couple uh of actually uh friends of this show join me and uh, you know, kids baseball, high school basketball, the the cost of childcare, uh Coach Martin Mornowig's bum knee <laughs> we, got, we got all sorts of stuff going on. So I'll still be making the trip up there. I'm still actively recruiting, so uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm half kidding, half serious. Triple eight one zero two nine. If you want to be on my team, let me know. But on Thursday, we'll be doing the show from Helena. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, will stop by for a segment. Greg Sundberg, who's been headed up the Grizzly Scholarship Association for years and is now the Deputy Athletic Director for the Grizz, will also join us Thursday. And we'll continue our Senior Spotlight interview series, and we'll hear from one of Helena's finest athletes, Odessa Zentz. Who we're going to get to in just a minute, but that's one PSA for you. The show will be going on the road on Thursday, so I'll look forward to that. Um, We also won't have a show next Friday, that's June 10th, Uh, so that's one to mark down. And then the other piece of exciting news, and this is sort of in flux in terms of the dates, but we will have a couple more shows throughout the month of June at various golf courses in Montana. If you've been following along the last couple of years, we've had a really fun series in association with SWX Montana called Tee It Up, where we play golf with some prominent sports figures in the state of Montana. Well, now uh, we're not going to have a, a, as many highlighted guests on our upcoming golf tour because uh, I have been hired to write a feature for Golf Magazine. So I'm very excited to... Uh, be published in a national publication. I will probably save the the true angle of the story until we write the story. So you can just read the story. But I do think that there is a uh, direct reflection of the growth of Montana, for better and for worse, in golf and golf communities throughout the state. So there's your tease. But uh, you'll likely be hearing this show from different places across the state uh, over the next couple weeks. So it should be a fun endeavor. Uh, very excited to do it. Uh, shout out to our, our good friend, Chad, who is such a great supporter of us here at uh, Nuanas now and at Skyline Sports and th- across the board. Great friend of mine. And uh, again, that's going to be riding along with me. Chad is uh, very involved with Alpine touch as well as Western Birch tees, two of our great sponsors here. So I'm uh, very much looking forward to that as well. So, uh, there you go. That's sort of the uh, upcoming Nuwana is now on the road, like we, like we like to do it. It is ESPN Radio. Go get that ESPN Montana app if you want to see us here today. We got the studio all cleaned up. I'm hearing a lot of people saying, man, the studio looks so clean and organized. It does. Uh, that's what happens when you hire your, your women friends to uh, come help you out. And uh, others were saying, well, it's a little bit sparse. Well, this isn't the final product here. We needed to... Reorganize, redistribute, declutter So we can continue to uh, build the, uh, the ESPN studio Just how we would like it to be So if you have questions or uh, comments or suggestions On maybe what we should hang on the walls Or how we should decorate 406-888-1029 Great way to get a hold of us Remember that for about oh, 35 minutes from now When we give you an opportunity to win Tagliari Deli as well Also, if you want to stream the show besides the ESPN Montana app, you always can at our station website, 1029ESPN.com. And, of course, we are coming to you through the Northwest Motorsport Studio, Northwest Motorsport here in Missoula, the corner of Stevens and Mount. Or you can find the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest by visiting online at NWMSROCKS.com. That's NWMSROCKS.com. Com. Let's dive into a prep extra presented by Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. This is our top 10 performances from this most recent state championship weekend. It was a great one. Ton of state titles handed out. So first, let's give you the state championship scoreboard in track and field. It was the Sentinel boys and the Helena High girls in double-A, the Dillon boys and the Whitefish girls in A, the Jefferson High boys and the Big Timber girls in class B, and the Sealy Swan boys and the Plentywood girls in class C. For softball state champions, we had Billings Sr. in class double-A, Frenchtown in A, and Florence Carleton in class B. So here are your top ten performances. It's like David Letterman style, <laughs> in reverse order. Number ten. I need the little drum roll, like uh, Paul Schaefer does. Number ten. The Plentywood girls, the Class C championship that they won in state track and field. This is amazing. This was amazing to me. I was actually very surprised by this. Was the first state title in any girls sport ever. So there's been a lot of state state titles in boys' sports in plenty. I shouldn't say a lot, but there's bit there's they've won state titles in uh boys sports for sure. But never a girls' state championship in any sport. So that'll be a welcome addition to the Plentywood High School gym. That's very cool. The standout for Plentywood over the weekend, Annie Call. She won the pole vault on Friday, and then she added to her state title count with victories in the 100 meter hurdles the 300-meter hurdles, and she also placed fourth in the mile and second in the two-mile. So that's an amazing diversity of skills. You're talking uh, winning both hurdles races, winning the pole vault, and then placing in the distance races. That's that's just crazy. Uh, What a great performance by her, and congratulations to the Plentywood girls. Number nine on our top spring sports state championship weekend performances – Florence Carlton, the softball squad there for the Falcons, they won their second straight state title and their 12th title overall. They are the dynasty of the BC division in state softball. And uh, it's just going to keep on keeping on. The division's only been around for 23 years, and that's their 12th state title. So you're talking exactly half of the state titles uh, at the small school division for high school softball in the state of Montana. So congratulations to Florence Carlton for their 12th overall state softball championship. Number eight on our top 10 list of the top state championship weekend performances to wrap up spring sports. Walker McDonald of Sealy Swan. Seely Swan, the Class C boys state champions. And Walker McDonald, an enormous discus throw, the best discus throw in the state of Montana, period. All classifications, as well as the Class B state record, or Class C, excuse me, state record in the event. He throws the discus 174 feet and 4 inches. That's a great mark. That's a that's a college-level mark, a Division I college-level mark for Walker McDonald. And it broke a record that had held since 2004 by Mason Ofis of Big Sandy. So 174-4 in the discus for Walker McDonald. McDonald going to the University of Montana. I know the Grizz have had a hard time getting a little traction. Speaking of the Grizz Track and Field Program. Clint May, who's been the head of the Grizz Track and Field Program the last two years, he resigned last week. He is headed to Florence Carlton to become a high school coach. Clint May was a phenomenal high school coach at Bozeman High for about 10 years before diving into the college ranks. But for the, uh, the, the shortcomings of the University of Montana track program in its current iteration – They do have some big signees coming in, including Walker McDonald. He will throw at the University of Montana. He was a four-time state champion, winning two each in the shot put and the discus. And he might have added a couple more if it wasn't for the 2020 season uh, state championship meet getting canceled. And uh, it's funny because the University of Montana's track program has had uh, different things that it's been good at. Over the years. Brian Schwain, the head coach there for twelve years for the Grizz, he was a multi-athlete. And so he put a high priority on multi-athletes. They always had good runners and jumpers. They've always been a little bit behind in the distance, especially compared to Montana State and some of the other great distance running programs in the Big Sky. Hello, Northern Arizona, the probably the best program in the Big Sky conference. But this year, the throws were very good at Montana. Of the six athletes that Montana sent to the NCAA West Regionals, five of them were in the throws. So Walker McDonald will help fortify uh, that current strength of throws at the University of Montana. New on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. It is our prep extra going through our top 10 performances or top 10 storylines coming out of state championship weekend weekend, wrapping up the spring sports season. Our prep extra is presented by Farmer State Bank. Montana native or just putting down roots. Farmer State Bank will make you feel right at home. Farmer State Bank loves to bank local. They've been helping Montanans succeed since 1907. Visit Farmersebank.com to open an account today. Number seven on our top ten list of spring performances. Billing Senior winning the Class AA State Softball Championship. This was a retribution for Billing Senior for sure. They had several players on their team that had played on the varsity since they were freshmen. In 2019, their freshman year, they lost in the state championship game. In 2020, the state tournament was canceled. In 2021, they lost in the state championship game. So the Bronx, they get it done this time. They beat Billings West 4-2 to in the title game here in Missoula to put a cap on a phenomenal run. So congratulations to Billings Senior. They were the top team in the state from stem to stern and uh, – a great moment for those young ladies who had heartbreak and then disappointment and then heartbreak again to get back on top and uh, win the 2022 Class AA State Softball Championship. Number six on our top ten list, it's Jaden Wolf. She's of Billings West. We talked about her a lot leading up to the state championship weekend. It's a lot of pressure in Montana because you cannot set state records unless you set them at the state meet oftentimes with nerves and start guns and people not wanting to false start it's really really hard to have your to have your best performance to set a personal best to set a PR at the state meet let alone break a state record. Well Jaden wolf did both. She runs 12.08 seconds in the 100 meters smoking fast that is, I mean, she's going to be so good at Montana State because of her her entry-level marks already. But 12.08 breaks the all-class record by 11 one-hundredths of a second, but then she also goes out and wins the 200, which was an upset, beating Odessa Zens in the 200 meters. Wolf goes out and wins the 200 meters as well, and she runs the anchor leg on the sprint relay team for Billings West, and the Billings West girls come in third at the Class AA meet. Number five on our top ten countdown, of the best performances from across the state this weekend. A star trio at the Class B-C meet uh, in Great Falls. First, we'll start with Braden Morris of Jefferson High School. Morris, he scored 38 points in individual competitions over the weekend to help lead Jefferson to the Class B Boys State title. Braden Morris won the 110 and 300-meter hurdles. He also won the Javelin. He also ran a leg on the 400-meter, excuse me, on the 4x100-meter relay team that earned first place in a blazing fast time of 43.65 seconds. Morris also finished second in the triple jump. So, uh 38 points is about as many <laughs> as you can score to meet. So he certainly was a key cog in Jefferson winning the class B title. Alisa Beauchart of Big Timber she had a similar level of success in leading Big Timber to their second straight Class B championship. The future Montana State Bobcat and a senior there at uh, Sweetgrass County High School, she captured championships in the 100 and 400 meters. She also won the 300-meter hurdles, and she barely missed a title in the 200 meters, taking second to Loyola's Isabel Berry. So Alyssa Beauchart helps boost the Big Timber Girls to their second straight Class B championship. Alicia Bo- Elisa Beauxart, excuse me, will join us uh, here on Nuanas now at 5 o'clock on Friday. So, very excited to catch up with her and uh, go through her whole high school career. And then the third Class B star from that small school meet, Ridger Palma of Missoula Loyola, a guy we've been talking about all season long, but he was as impressive as he's been all year. He won the state titles in the 100 meters, the 200 meters, and the 400 meters. He also was the anchor leg on the sprint relay team, but more impressively, he broke and rebroke the class B record in the 200 meter dash. He broke it in prelims and then rebroke it in the finals. 22.06, the official time blazing fast for Richard Palma, a little short of his personal best time. But again, you can only set state records at state meets but Richard Palma, a phenomenal senior year. From Missoula Loyola. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Our top ten performances from across the wide world of sports continues here on ESPN Radio. Trayton Anderson is number four. He lit up the Class A meet after he lit up the Class A divisionals. During the divisionals, he won five individual titles and set four divisional meet records. Over the weekend, he was just as good. Anderson, who's headed to BYU on a track scholarship, he won the 300-meter hurdles on Saturday. One day after tying the Class A record in the 110 hurdles, he ran 14.40 seconds to tie that Class A record. Anderson also took second in the 200 meters, third in the 100 meters, and he won the 400 on Friday as well. So he was basically in all of the sprints, both the long and short hurdles, the one, the two, and the four, and he also was on Dylan's. 400-meter relay team helping lead the Beavers to their first Class A state championship since 2019. Number three on our countdown, it's Frenchtown, specifically Sadie Smith. Sadie Smith, a Herculean performance, a unbelievable performance by Frenchtown's stud pitcher. Are you ready for these statistics? So Frenchtown lost their first game Saturday morning at the Class A state championship tournament down in Hamilton. That means they had to win two games even to get into the final to play Billing Central, who beat them last year. They did that, and then they had to beat Central, who came into the final undefeated to force a second state championship game. They did that. They won 7-2 to to force the, the final game. And then in the finale... They posted a 7-4 win to win their first state championship since 2016. It's the first time a team has come through the loser's bracket since 2011. But how about this? Sadie Smith was the pitcher for the duration of the tournament, and she was the pitcher for the duration of all four games on Saturday. She threw a total of 28 innings, four straight complete games. She threw 438 pitches on Saturday alone. Crazy. Unbelievable that she was able to do it. And congratulations to Frenchtown because uh, that's not easy to get your backs pressed against the wall and then win all the way through, but they were able to do it. So congratulations to the Bronx. Number two on our top 10 of the weekend, the Missoula Sentinel boys. They earned their three-peat. It, it might have been a four-peat if they would have got to compete in 2020, but they won their first state championship. Since 1964, back in 2019. Then 2020, the season was canceled. 2021, they win it again. And this year, in Butte, behind a whole array of outstanding performances, they win it one more time. It came all the way down to the 4x400 at the very end of the meet, but they edge out Kalispell Glacier and Missoula Sentinel champions once again. What a phenomenal run for this group of male athletes. Talk about Zach Cruz and Drew Klumpf and some of the other guys that played both football and ran track. These guys got back-to-back undefeated state football championships, and they got three track championships. Pretty impressive. Some of the top performances for the Spartans included Keegan Crosby, winning the 800 and finishing second in the mile. Drew went winning the 110 hurdles for the second year in a row and finishing second in the 300 hurdles. Wins in the sprint relay, plus a third-place finish in the mile relay that helped secure the championship. Cruz, he stumbled in the hurdles, but he got back on the horse and went out and took got a bronze medal in the javelin and also scored some points in the shot put. Sentinel went 3-4-6-7 in the 400 meters, which really helped score some points and probably the surprise of the entire meet. Hunter Lebke, who had never broken 11 seconds in the 100 meters and was not on the radar in an absolutely stacked 100-meter field, well, he has the eighth best qualifying time in the prelims Some of the best guys from the East, including Malachi Simpson, who's headed to Montana State on a track scholarship. Taco Dowler from Billings West. These guys had a hard time breaking through. Simpson didn't even make the finals. Dowler barely did. And uh, Thomas Carter of Helena Capital, who was the favorite in this thing. Reed Harris of Great Falls High. It was none of those guys. The 100-meter title goes to Hunter Lempke. He runs a personal best, 10-8-7, and wins the 100-meter gold medal. And that lifts Sentinel to their third straight state championship. So congratulations to the Spartans, and then our number one story story coming out of this last weekend is the Helena High girls. And why are they ahead of the Sentinel Boys, even though Sentinel three peated? Well, Helena, it was their first state championship in 22 years, but they did it in as dominant a fashion as I have ever seen. Odessa Zentz won the 400 meters and the 800 meters, also placed second in the 200. Logan Todorovic, who's only a sophomore, won the long jump, won the 100-meter hurdles, also placed second in the 100 meters, third in the high jump, fifth in the triple jump. She was part of a second-place sprint relay team, as was Zents, and she was also part of a third-place mile relay team, as was Zents. And Helena High's girls, a all-class state record, 144 points to take home their first Class AA state title in 22 years. Amazing. Impressive. And Odessa Zents, she'll join us Right here on the show on Thursday to lead it as we come to you from the capital city. Other athletes were efforting, got a message into Drew Klumpf from Missoula Sentinel. So we'll let you know uh, when he's able to make his way in. And that we'll probably feature a whole bunch of the other athletes that I just talked about here uh, on the radio throughout the next couple weeks and months here this summer. Prep Extra presented by Farmers State Bank. Ask about a personal loan for a camper, vehicle, personal watercraft, anything you need for summer fun. If your idea of summer fun is a staycation, maybe a new deck or a hot tub is in order, a personal loan makes it easy. Start the process online at FarmersEBank.com and contact one of their experienced personal lenders today, Farmer State Bank, an equal housing lender and member FDIC. How about some random sports questions? from around the wild world of professional sports. We'll do that next. Keep it right here. Nuanas now ESPN Radio. and Missoula Sports Center. The athletic calendar for the 2021-2022 academic year came to an end as state champions for spring prep sports were crowned across the state of Montana. Hello, I am Colter Nuanez. In track and field, the Missoula Sentinel boys are the Class AA state champions for the third state meet in a row. The Spartans claimed their first state title in 55 years in 2019 but did not have a chance to defend it in 2022 when the global pandemic canceled all spring championship sports that season. Sentinel rallied back and won the team titles in 2021 and this spring behind great depth and contributions from a variety of athletes. On the girls' side, Helena High followed outstanding performances by Odessa Zents and Logan Todorovic to win their first state title since 2000. The Dillon Boys and the Whitefish Girls claimed the Class A team titles for track and field, while in Class B, Jefferson High repeated on the boys' side, as did Big Timber on the girls' side. And in Class C, Celie Swan won in the boys' side after the girls' team had won two of the last three state titles, and Plentywood won its first Class C state title in any girls' sport in its school's history. History. In state softball, Billings Sr. claimed the Class AA state title after finishing as the runner-up each of the last two state tournaments. Perennial Class A Power of Frenchtown won its first title since 2016 and is 12th overall, tied for the most in Montana history. And Florence Carlton won the BC title, also the 12th overall. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Oh, baby. A little John Butler trio for you on your Tuesday. Hope you had a phenomenal Memorial Day weekend. Thanks so much for starting your week with us. It's Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. No SWX Montana today. They got the uh, NAIA College World Series rolling right now. So we'll be back on the telly soon. But to get that ESPN Montana app in your life. It's available on all of your app stores and uh, very easy very user friendly myself Andrew Houghton going to have a little uh, discussion about a couple of the hot button topics here uh, in the wide world of sports we're also going to talk some Major League Baseball and some Missoula Paddleheads Baseball uh, before we wrap up hour number one here also about 15 minutes away from your opportunity to win $25 gift card to Tagliari Deli so stay tuned for that It's funny because uh, it's actually a stated goal of mine to, um, if we talk about some of the top storylines in the wide world of sports, to make the conversation a little bit different, a little bit more intellectual, a little less hot button, a little less hot take, than what you're going to hear on ESPN Radio most of the other times. We also like to, when we're talking about national sports, talk about, results and, and analysis of the actual games more than a lot of the uh, the drama so to speak we do delve into some drama especially with our good friend Carolyn <laughs> she kind of sets it up like that uh, just because of that's what the chick who doesn't know sports does but sometimes we get some drama that's too fun to not talk about and so we're a little late talking about this but it is still funny Uh So I want to ask Andrew this. So for those that don't know what's going on in the wider world of college football, Nick Saban, the legendary head coach of Alabama, and Jimbo Fisher, the head coach of Texas A&M, formerly the head coach of Florida State, and a guy who I believe was on Nick Saban's staff once upon a time, they got some beef going on because Nick Saban basically came out guns blazing in a, a recent press conference, and said, "Name, image, and likeness—this this new ability for student athletes to monetize their own name, image, and likeness—it's ruining uh, It's ruining it's ruined recruiting." And he said, "You know, Alabama always has the number one recruiting class, and we didn't this year because Texas A&M did, and every single one of the guys at Texas A&M got NIL money." Well, then Jimbo Fisher came back swinging and says. If people only knew the level of corruption in Nick Saban's program and yada, yada, yada. Jimbo did not actually say anything definitive that Nick Saban does, but it was shots fired uh, on both sides. Both schools are in the SEC now, as in my opinion, every school is going to be someday. Every school is going to be in the SEC or they're not going to be playing in the same division. That's what I think. It's just, it's just going to be a much uh, smaller and bigger at the same time division. That's what I think. But here nor there, uh, Andrew, what do you think of <laughs> what do you think of this uh, this back and forth that we got going?
1: I don't think much of it. I can tell you that uh, I just I just find it hard to care about. Um, you know, Nick Saban has the smallest glimmer, little sliver of a point here uh, that he's sort of getting at, and and he and Jimbo are battling back and forth, which is that you know the new nil legislation which i'm fully in favor of has some kinks to be worked out i mean it you you do want to make sure i think that it's not just a meat market in in recruiting with with boosters paying for these guys but that was happening before nil for one thing that that's my biggest takeaway is you and
0: i both we love to read and we love reading sports books have you read meat market by bruce feldman no, but I, I know you're, what you're talking about. You're, you're familiar, sure. Uh, have you seen Pony Excess, the 30 for 30 by SMU? Yes. I mean, th- we could come up with uh, 100 examples, but I've been reading books about college football. I mean, I have a book over here on my bookshelf now called The Undefeated. It's all about the late 40s and early 50s Oklahoma Sooners. That Bud Wilkerson was given dudes envelopes of cash. That's like a reported thing. We're talking in the post-World War II 40s. So... Whenever there's all this crying and screaming and yelling about all this, I just find it so hilarious because I think that, well, I don't think I know that quote-unquote cheating has been going on in college football forever. None of this
1: is surprising to me at all. Yeah. And these are the two worst guys to be making these points. Like I right. don't like Nick Saban talking about Texas A&M now potentially paying players. I don't care. Jimbo Fisher talking about Nick Saban being a hypocrite. I mean, come on guys. They're the, the two <laughs> most powerful coaches in college football. And here's my other point, dude, Nick Saban is uh, here bemoaning the uh, impact of money here in college football recruiting. Nick Saban does not want... uh, You know, there's there's a point there about like, oh, is money becoming too much of a thing in college football? Guess who doesn't want that to go away more than anybody? Nick Saban, who's making, what, eight figures a year? (laughs) For sure. He (laughs) does not want the role of money in college football to be uh, deflated at all. I just... Listening to these two people snipe back and forth about it is just... I mean, funny at best and sort of just... (sighs) sad and a little bit depressing at worst. I'm so cynical that sometimes I think
0: that maybe it's just a complete facade. Like maybe Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher are like texting, being like, yo, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to make a stick about your recruiting class. Then you fire back. Let's get some stuff going. Let's see how many headlines we could make. Let's get ourselves in the news, yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to slander anybody here. But like, I remember uh, a running back who ended up at Montana who once upon a time was getting recruited by USC in Florida. And I remember him telling one of my colleagues that Florida had offered to buy his mom a house. Uh, When the Reggie Bush stuff came out at USC, none of it surprised me one bit. Um, There's the infamous story of Eric Dickerson when he was getting recruited by Texas A&M. And uh, he was getting recruited by everybody. But he gets a suitcase of cash from SMU. And then the next day, he goes outside of his house, and there's, excuse me, a brand new Trans Am <laughs> right in front of his house. It just goes on and on and on and on. I mean, there was the there was the 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 car dealership scandal in Oklahoma, in which there was about 80 players implied for getting paid from this car dealership. A whole bunch of guys ended up in the FCS, including a couple guys, one who ended up here in Montana. I'll let you connect all the dots. But it, I guess it's unfortunate to me – how do I want to phrase this? It's not unfortunate to me that college football has become all about money because that's been the case for decades and decades – It's unfortunate to me that most college football fans don't care. They let their crazy passion and their crazy emotional tie to their school override everything. Like, we we see this with the Kakariz rivalry in football uh, all the time, where so many people on both sides of the rivalry would literally do anything to beat the rival, and and that's that's what I find unfortunate, right? Like all the Alabama people are sitting here yelling about Texas A&M. Well, you guys are only getting number one recruiting classes because you're paying for it. All the Texas A&M people are yelling back. All you guys have been doing is paying for it for the last 25 years, but no one seems to break down what we actually love about college football. What we actually love about college football is the coming of age ceremony for very talented young men. What we love about college football is the tribalism that's associated with it. What we love about college football is the pageantry and the gathering and the consistency and the pace and the way that it goes hand in hand with great events on campus and all these different things. It's not supposed to be about revenue, money, profits, first-round draft picks, all this stuff. It's supposed to be about enhancing It's as as former Montana State head coach Jeff Choate used to say. Aside from the United States military, the last true proving ground for young men in America is college football. That's what we're supposed to love about it, yet we have let the meat market take over. We've let the, the greed rule the day, and that is what I find so frustrating about the whole thing.
1: That's an old school, very romantic take from you, Coulter. You know that greed touches everything it can get its hands on. We've seen for we sure. see this in sports. There's no such thing as amateur sports, and and college football is the worst of it. It is for sure. But what I love is
0: uh, what I do love is that college football, specifically when it comes to recruiting and recruiting class rankings, is zero percent linear in terms of then who makes it to the highest level. Because it's my true belief that what you are when you're 18 and what you are when you're 23 are so vastly different, and your mindset, your hard work, your underdog mentality is what's going to send you over the top. Aaron Donald was not a five-star recruit. Aaron Donald's one of the best players in the history of the NFL. J.J. Watt was not a five-star recruit. One of the best players in the history of the NFL and on down the line. I read an article the other day. Over the last 15 years of this recruiting Hyperdrive, where we've had five-star recruits and recruiting camps and all these things, only about 20% of five-star recruits go to the NFL. Most of the guys, like last year in the Super Bowl, they said 65% of the players on the rosters were three-star recruits or below. I mean, who's a better example than Cooper freaking Cup, man? He was a zero-star recruit with one-and-a-half offers coming out of high school in Yakima Washington. He's the Super Bowl MVP.
1: No, you're right about that. Did you see uh, Army's got a guy on Mel Kuiper's big board for next year? There's a guy from Army who's in the top 15 for next year's draft.
0: Oh, that's very interesting.
1: Uh, first Army guy drafted in uh, before the seventh round since, I think, like 1969, Mel Kiper Jr. said. So there you go. That's what you're talking about. Man, uh, pretty crazy.
0: Also, it was very fun having Jake Randina on the show two weeks ago. I have a special affinity for... The, uh, the young people that decide to go pursue Division One athletics at the uh, military academies. Because that is an unbelievably unique challenge. You're going to get, you know, top-shelf academics. You're going to get top-shelf uh, personal discipline you have to abide by. The most stringent rules in the country. And, oh, by the way, you got to play some Division One football as well. Okay, one more question before we take a break. Speaking of Aaron Donald, one of the greatest players in the NFL... Uh, there's it's it's swirling. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated right after the Super Bowl. It was a very weird article just about his completely undetermined future. He did an interview yesterday that basically said, If I get the contract extension I'm looking for, I'm happy to come back. If I don't, I'm totally at peace with what my college career or what my NFL career, excuse me, has been. So, is there a chance that Aaron Donald?
1: steps away from the NFL after this year? It sounds more and more like there is. I'm not sure if I fully believe it yet. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, like, like a fighter, like Conor McGregor threatening to retire because this does seem to be about the money and about the contract and about feeling respected rather than somebody um, like you think of uh, Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson who just seemed to want to step away when the time was right. I always thought, what what if a guy
0: just retired for... So, I thought this immediately when Calvin Johnson retired. I thought, what if Calvin Johnson just retires, gets healthy, gets out of his contract, and then comes back? Right. Or I also thought Patrick Willis was a guy that maybe could do that, too, because he was just like... He had taken so much of a beating, never leaving a game for 10 years in the NFL. So, you just wonder. I don't know. Because we see it in... Uh, the coaching ranks where guys step away and then come back. They quote unquote retire and then unretire. But uh, we haven't really seen very many unretirements uh, since the Brett Favre saga ended uh, years ago. Well, Tom Brady this offseason. Well, yeah, I mean, God. <laughs> <laughs> that was like so predictable, though, right? For sure. Tom Brady, this is what I always say, man. Some of these professional athletes, thank goodness they have sports as an outlet. Because their, their compulsive co- competitive nature would be unhealthy for them if they didn't have a really healthy way to channel it. I actually give Tom Brady credit for realizing sooner than he b- probably would have. I, I guess what I'm saying is if, if Tom Brady would have still been retired right now and we got to like the, the first two weeks of the NFL, he would have seen, you know, Drew Locke and Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins and all these – Jack Wagon quarterbacks playing in NFL games so the he just would have been like, Well, I'm better than that. I, I could just go out and be better than that. It's actually just funny that he realized that actually way before uh, he even had to watch any action.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if sort of the same thing would happen to Aaron Donald once we got back into the season right. because that's the closest analog for me. I mean, it's not a Barry Sanders or a Calvin Johnson where you're on the Lions. I mean, he's exactly like Tom Brady. He's a key piece, maybe the key piece. For a team that's going to be contending for a Super Bowl. I mean, it seems like that would be a lot harder to walk away from, um, but having said that, I mean, that's even more kudos to Aaron Donald for sort of standing by his his leverage here and saying, you know, if I don't get what I want, I'm out, because it's got to be a lot harder to turn down a chance to come back with that team that he has.
0: You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. What's the biggest storyline in Major League Baseball? Can Aaron Judge... Push for a hallowed record and how about some free sandwiches? take Larry, Tuesday next here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here at CSPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront, out of pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Hey! It's one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's such a simple line, but one that I always try to live life by and remember. Celebrate we will, for life is short and sweet for certain. Little Dave Matthews for you here on your radio dial. You don't like him, I don't care. I always explain this because I know that Dave has a lot of lovers and a lot of haters, especially around these parts. And I actually don't like a lot of Dave Matthews' band music. I just do love what I love and, you know... You like what you like. That's it. It's Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. NWMSRocks.com. That's NWMSRocks.com. You want some free Taglieri Deli? I was in there today picking up some sandwiches. Of course, I got. A bottle of wine as well. They have great old country wine. um, And they also have a phenomenal selection of Italian-style goods. I love getting the fancy noodles there, some pasta sauces. I also like getting my oils and and balsamic vinegars there. But you, you come and you keep coming back for the sandwiches. No matter what you want at Tagliari... We give you an opportunity to win $25 from Taglieri each and every Tuesday. We had a delicious sandwich platter as part of Aubrey's birthday today here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Also had a meat and cheese platter that was just delightful. You want $25 to Tagliari? Text us right now, 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Texter number four, we got a $25 gift card for you to Taglieri Deli, 406 406-888-1029. I wanted to talk a little Major League Baseball here to wrap up our number one. And uh, I find this interesting because probably my passion for baseball hit a peak during the summer of 1998. Here in Montana, that was when cable television was still very limited. I was uh, you know, 12 years old, so i a very formative age. And in Montana, you can watch the Braves on TBS... You can watch the Chicago Cubs on WGN, or you can watch whatever ESPN had on for Wednesday and Sunday Night Baseball. Well, at that time, and still to this day, Chicago Cubs and St. Louis Cardinals were in the same division, so you could almost always catch Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa when those two teams squared off. And then because both those guys sort of took the league by storm, then they were prominently featured on the national games, and they also played against the Braves often as well, so you could catch a lot of action from those guys And I was captivated by the home run race back in 1998. Well, as we know here, 25 years later, the entire thing's been tainted. One of my favorite things that happened to me, (laughs) uh, or I guess one of my favorite sporting moments that I got a chance to observe was, you know, shredded and shredded some more. But, uh, and, and I guess the other thing that's been interesting is, you know, we had Mark McGuire hit 70 home runs, and then we had Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs. Then the Mitchell Report and the Balco Scandal, yada, yada, yada. And Major League Baseball has been trying to pick the pieces up ever since. Well, now, here we are, 2022, and the New York Yankees have, dare I say, a Ruthian caliber slugger on their roster. I I think that Aaron Judge has among the best pure power Of anybody that's ever played in in Major League Baseball. And I'm wondering if he's a guy that could make a run at that hallowed record. He's not quite there yet, but he does have 18 home runs here as we sit here on the last day of May. If he continued that pace, he would get to 61 home runs. That's his current pace as we sit. So I guess I have a couple questions for you, Andrew. First of all, where are you... I, it's actually funny. I've never asked you this before. Where are you at with the uh, the steroid-influenced records? Like, in your mind, is the Major League Baseball single-season record for home runs in a season 61 by Roger Maris in 1961 or 73 by Barry Bonds?
1: I've always thought that it's 73. Because you can't take away those home runs that got hit in the cove, right? Yeah, it's such an interesting question. This is a, such a great baseball debate because... I mean, Maris had the asterisk by his record because there were the extra eight games all the way back then because they they just expanded the schedule. So this is not a new argument. So this is so funny. I was thinking exactly
0: about this. I was thinking about – because there's been a lot of speculation or a lot of question about if teams were going to uh, – or I guess eventually League Baseball was going to roll back and, and, and get some games off the schedule. Well, I thought to myself, well, that would be such a detriment to traditional baseball fans because – then you wouldn't have nearly the numbers. If you only played a 100-game season, no one's ever having a 100 RBI again. Or maybe maybe a 100, but not 150, certainly. Right. So it, just, it would skew all the records. Like a 200-hit season
1: would be irrelevant. But this is not a new issue. And the numbers are so much more sacred in baseball than they are in any other sport. Like, nobody knows what the most points scored in an NBA season were right off the top of their head, right? Right. Uh, as far as the Bonds record, I don't really... It's not a strong take for me. If somebody is arguing really vehemently that the Maris record is the record, that's fine by me, but I've just always considered the Bonds record the record because, I mean, the game is constantly changing, right? First of all, Barry Bonds wasn't the only guy doing this. Absolutely. This was a—you know, it was just the state of the game. For sure. At the time, and it wasn't only hitters doing it either. Exactly. All the guys he was hitting home runs off of were taking the same juice. But, I mean, you're— you're just the game is influenced by so many other factors. I mean, it's like now we have the debate about whether the ball is is juiced or deadened. I mean, do those records count if, you know, Justin Verlander sets the record for E.R.E. this year when it's a a dead ball? A lot of people are saying it's just the game is the way that it is, um, you know. And also that that Barry Bonds season was right right when I was growing up and getting into the game too. So, a uh, pretty legendary season in my mind as well. But again, I you know. If somebody really wants to argue that 61 is the record, if people want to celebrate Aaron Judge if he hits 62 this year, I think that'd be super cool.
0: Interesting. We'll see how it all plays out. Hour one of the books. Hour two coming at you. We'll talk some NBA playoffs, blindside style, plus Treasure State Stars' top individual performances from the weekend that was. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio.